Today I want to start a sermon that's called Finding Jesus. Uh, the series is called This Christmas. And this Christmas I want to do things a little different. I want us to have some understanding. Can we turn the lights up in the house? Everybody's going to go to sleep on me. Now I can see you. Number one, Christmas was created because of Christ. We have to understand that. If you're going to write any of these down, you need to write these top five or four that I have down. Christmas was created because of Christ. Okay? Santa Claus, cool cat, right? Big, fluffy guy. Lots of cool movies about him. But it has nothing to do with Santa Claus. It has everything to do with Jesus. All right? Now, if Grand Grand was here, she would be mad at me for mentioning Santa Claus. So you guys don't tell her that I did. All right? <laughs> it's fun to have fun. But in the middle of the fun, don't forget that this entire thing is about Jesus. How many's ever had a birthday party before? Okay. Like, man, y'all are doing terrible. I'm about to put all y'all on the front row. You ever had a birthday party as a kid, right? And then some other kids show up and steal all your thunder? Yeah? How would you feel if it was your birthday? Let me pick on somebody fun. He's looking down. He doesn't want me to pick him. Scott. Josh. Stand up, Josh. Come up here with me, Josh. He's already blood red. Have a seat here, buddy. Right here. Let's say today's his birthday. Is today your birthday? No. When is your birthday? April. Whose birthday is it in here? Is it Tanya's? No, girl, sit down. <laughs> Tanya was like, it's me, I'm coming up there. <laughs> coming up there. <laughs> Let's say it's your birthday. right? And I come to your birthday party, and I'm like, what'd you get me? Oh, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, say it's your birthday, and I'm like, it's all about me. Like, you don't matter. Actually, what, what if I did this? What if I did this? It's his birthday, right? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? What? All right, then. All right, then. <laughs> let's, let's say it's his birthday and I don't even act like he's around. Let's say it's his birthday and I don't even know his name. What was that Alan Jackson song? I'm in love with a... I don't even know her name. All right, go sit down. The idea behind all this is that simply that that's literally, even though that's silly and stupid, and we've seen that probably described a hundred different ways, it kind of becomes the way that we treat this holiday. Sure, it's fun to watch your Hallmark Christmas movies. It's fun to, to, uh, to get and receive gifts. It's fun to do parties. It's fun to watch Elf 17 times. Right? If you've watched Elf more than once this year, raise your hand. So what I'm talking about, that's my people right there. If you've watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation more than once, raise your hand. 
That's my peoples right there. Right? It's fun. But in the middle of it, let us find Jesus. Let us find Jesus. I had this image of when all the disciples were walking with Christ and the woman was fighting through the crowd on on the ground, you know, just to touch the hem of his garment so she could be healed. Y'all remember that? I want to be that passionate for him in this season. When all the hustle and bustle is going around, all the crowds are crazy, everything in the world is chaos, and it seems like everything is just so all over the place. I want to be the one that is crawling through the crowd to find Jesus. Make no mistake about it, Christmas was created for Jesus. Number two, Christmas is a time of celebration, and we should be celebrating what he did for us. I know it's hard to, to sometimes grasp, and I know that sometimes it seems like a played out thing, right? But Jesus is our Savior. And if it wasn't for him, we would all be doomed going to hell. If it wasn't for him, like, let's not even talk about it that way, because sometimes that doesn't even click for people. If it wasn't for him, when we die, Heaven would not be our destination. When we die, the after is not what you would want. It's a time of celebration that says, thank you, Jesus. See, I I see this image, and I talk about it all the time, because at Easter we talk about the sacrifice and the resurrection. At Easter we talk about that we are free and that our sins have been covered and that we can walk in victory of Christ as he walked out of the tomb. But it is at Christmas, and the way that Jesus was born in the barn, in the manger, he was a king of kings. He is the bloodline of David. He deserved to sit on the throne, but instead he chose not to. He decided to be born there with with us because he cares. That's what we celebrate, that Jesus came to us. Now that's some good preaching if you ain't getting it. Jesus came to us. That's what Emmanuel, the word Emmanuel is all, all about. God with us, not God up in the sky, up on the throne, and we got to try to find a way to get to him. That is religion. And bad religion says that I've got to do what i got to do to get to God. But relationship and Christ says, I have done everything that I need to do to get to you. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why celebrating the birth of Christ is so important. Because it's not about us trying to get to him. It's that he came to us. Like he came to us. Shouldn't be, Christmas shouldn't be a time of greed. It's just... It needs to be, write that down with me. Bees, go to that next one there. Are they distracting you back there, Bees? Let me throw something at them. Christmas should not be a time of greed. And that's typically what it becomes. I'm I'm convinced. I'm about to hurt y'all's feelings. Is that okay? I'm your pastor, I get to. I'm not like those evangelists that stand up here and be like, I'm going to say what I want to, Pastor, because I ain't going to be here next week. I am going to be here next week, and it's okay. You got this. The only reason you posting pictures of your Christmas tree with all those presents is greed. And you want people to see it. And that's wrong. 
Now y'all in trouble. Because when it comes down to it, the last one, write this down with me, Christmas is not about us. It's not. It's about Christ. And in the mix of it, if you can't sit down, I love Pammy, man. <laughs> Pammy, she was, like, y'all know Pammy from church. You know, like, have a blessed day, you know, and hug and you know Pammy like that. I know Pammy, you know, on Sunday, on Saturday mornings when she's fresh out of the bed and her breast stinks, you know, and, and, and just walking around bossing everybody around and, and screaming at me for not getting the TV on for her quick enough. Because that's what happened. She called, Auntie, I cannot get my TV on, and Grand Grand is being mean to me. Come over here. <laughs> I remember one year she said, I had the flu. Like, I had the flu. Like, I had A, B, C, D, 24 to the square power flu. And she's like, you need to get over and put all these presents together. And I'm like, I can't move. She said, I'm waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Pammy was wonderful. She was awesome. And the one thing that I always thought was a little weird when I first started dating Mary, but now I love it, was that she had a birthday cake for Jesus. Every single year. And she made us stand in a circle and sing happy birthday to Jesus. And it was so, now now you look back and I've made fun of her a billion times over that. But her heart, she was taking extra steps. That woman literally, she didn't go to Walmart. She had somebody make that cake and put happy birthday Jesus on it. That woman loved Jesus. And she was taking the extra steps to make it about Jesus. And this year, I want us to do that. I want us to be sure and we read the Christmas story before we open presents with our children. How how does that sound? Or before they go to bed, why don't we all gather around together with our family and let's pray beforehand because the kids will be hopped up and they're they can't wait for Santa Claus to show up right but what if we gather them all up and and we get on our hands and knees as a family and we pray and say thank you Jesus for coming because Christmas is not about us take the extra steps to make it about him now I have spoke a lot let me get into my sermon and we're going to get out of here that was just the that was just the intro really was just the intro Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful. His name will be called Counselor. His name will be called Mighty God. This is who he is. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the everlasting Father. This is who He is. And that all started from Him coming to us. The next scripture says this in 7. It says, For uh, of the increase of His government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom. To order it and to establish it with judgment and justice. From this time forward, forever. This is who Jesus came. And so in the middle of this, we can't, we can't 
find ourselves losing focus of who he really is. I think that's easy to do. I've talked about it for the last 10, 15 minutes. I'm not going to talk about it again. But what I am going to tell you is that, church, we got to do everything we can not to lose focus on Christ. We, we can't come up with these cute sayings and say, He's the reason for the season, saints. And be like, that was cute, and not do it. This is where James was said, James said, be a doer of the word, not a hearer of the word. And a lot of us, we will talk about loving Jesus. And a lot of us will talk about all these things like, I love Jesus, and, and Jesus is the reason for the season. But we don't act on it. We don't produce it. We just talk about it. God's not looking for people that will just talk about who He is. He's looking for people that will commit their life to who He is. In Luke 21, 34 through 36, it says, Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down. Look at that. Look at that again. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down. What does it say? With the carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Anybody ever, ever struggled with anxiety before? Everybody struggled with anxiety during Christmas before? I got three people that are honest and the rest of y'all, if y'all don't start telling the truth. It says in verse 35, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. In verse 36, it says, always be on watch and pray that you may be able to escape what is about to happen. That you may be able to stand before the, the Son of Man. If you're not careful, I wrote carnal on this just because that's the way the word says it. But I'll just say it like this. If you're not careful, worldly things will become more important to you. And I think we're already there. It started with the American dream. What's the American dream? Anybody know? That's right. The pursuit of happiness. Own a home, finance everything, right? How many loves working 50 hours a week in here, right? Let me ask you this question. How many, if you could afford it, would not work 40 or more hours? Come on, if you could afford it, how many of you would not work 40 or more hours? I know, Jay, I know that you would work until the end of time because that's who you are. He's like, I'm going to work. How many of you, if you could afford it, how many, if you won the lottery and never had to want for anything again, how many of you literally are not even going to plow a guard and you're going to pay somebody to do that? <laughs> Donna was like, this guy right here. <laughs> what I'm getting at with that, and we all know this, is that we create for us these these areas of our life where we get so wrapped up in debt and so wrapped up in life and the anxieties of life and the needs and the things of this world where they become more important to us than even our own life. How many times have you saw where, where a child was sad because their dad was never at home but working all the time? Right? 
Time and time again. How many of you have ever found like your relationships like, or know somebody whose relationships fell apart because they just worked all the time? If you think your worldly relationships are falling apart because you work all the time, take a real good look at your Christian relationship with Christ. How's that doing? I'm just telling you, like, we are in a time where we have to beg and borrow for time to even read the Bible. Tell me I'm wrong. Like, praying literally, for most of us, we're so wound up in the, in the, the things of life. Praying literally is probably the last thing on our list. Cracking the Bible, if we didn't have that daily verse coming to our phone every day, we would not even look at that thing. Some of y'all muted that thing because it just made your mind just have one more thing. Don't lie. But go back to that first scripture, Beach, that first one. It says, in Luke 21, it says, Be careful or your hearts. Be careful or your hearts. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with the carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And it's going to close in on you like a trap. So in order for us to find Christmas, really, we got to let some of these things go. we got to find a, a way to make it about Jesus again. Make it less about us. Don't let the worldly things become more important than Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 3.3, you are still worldly. For since there's jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? He said this, and I thought this was good. He says, are you not acting like mere humans? God has called us to be so much more. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, but people who aren't spiritual, they can't receive these truths from God, Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. They can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. A lot of us are trying to find ways to live a Christian life without Christ. A lot of us are trying to find ways to walk in the Spirit without the Spirit. And there has to come a time when we say, God, I'm following you. God, you are the most important thing. Husbands, dads, grandfathers, you need to be setting the example of leadership in your home and marking the way of Christ in your home. People need to be able to follow you in your home and know what the right way to Christ is. Be an example. Mothers, grandmothers, daughters, be godly examples in your home. Make the effort for when your children look to you for tender loving and kindness, kindness, that they find that in Christ in them, in you. Like, be examples. Find Christ yourself. Don't, don't think that going to church is enough and that that's a good example. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get teenagers, and how many? probably a bunch of you already had teenagers, that don't want to go to church anymore because they see how you are outside of church and how you are in church. I know so many people, so many kids, so many teenagers that refuse to go to church or have walked away from God, and it's because of the parents, because the parents were one way out of the church and one way in the church, and they saw that fakeness, and they didn't want nothing a part of it. Learn, listen, I I don't know how else to say it. I, I keep hearing, 
in my heart. I don't, I'm trying not to make it about that, like really trying not to make it about it. But I'm telling you, you got to get serious about your relationship with Christ. Because what's going to happen? The trumpet is going to blow and it's going to be too late and you're out. You're out. And that leads me to my next note. Don't miss Jesus because you ain't looking. Don't miss him because you ain't looking. The end of all things is near. 1 Peter 4 and 7 says it's near. So be alert and be sober so that you may pray. It's near. Church, we've got to get serious and make it about Jesus again. And I think a good place to start is this Christmas. We've got to find Christ. So, as I'm, cl- I'm going to close out with this. I, not much longer. Give me just a few more minutes. But I thought this was so neat. And I really want you to kind of to hone in on, on what I'm talking about just for the next few minutes, and I'll let you out of here, okay? Really focus. In Matthew 2, 7 through 12, it says this. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. This is the star of Bethlehem that was showing where Jesus was. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. That was a lie. He was going to kill him because he knew the prophecy that the one who would take the throne was on the way. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose up went ahead of them until they stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. Not because Santa Claus had showed up. They were overjoyed because the king had come to them. The one they had been looking for, the one they needed, the answer to every problem in their life. Some of y'all got a lot of problems in your life, and Jesus is the answer to that problem. Trust him with it. See how it works out. They were overjoyed because they found the one who came. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I love this part of the story because of the gifts they brought. Here's a fun fact. Y'all love this. And this is also going to make you extremely mad because you're going to think I'm wrong. How many wise men were there? Say it. Wrong. 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 We don't know. It doesn't say how many wise men there were. We just know there were three gifts. A little Bible trivia for you today. I think Tim gave me that one. That was a good one. But I want to talk about those three gifts for just a minute as we're closing out. You see, there's a reason that they brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it is a really cool reason. Let's start with the gold. Number one, the gold was a standard thing that the Magi would always bring to the new king who was born. 
This was the symbol of their royalty. It was suggesting that they understood that Christ is king. When they presented, these head magi, when they presented the gold to Jesus and laid it there in his horse trough, right? That's essentially what it was, a manger. When they presented this, they were acknowledging in that moment, this is king. This is King Jesus. That's all that gold was to symbolize. There's a really neat thing to to think on about this too and how God was supplying because that gold also would pay for their trip that they had to go all the way to Egypt to escape Herod and the rest of the trip to get back home. God was supplying. That's really cool because they didn't have anything. They're like us. They had to work hard for their money. The next thing which is really cool is the frankincense. Frankincense is amazing. I have frankincense in my house. I, I, I diffuse frankincense in my house all the time. It smells amazing. Back in those days, frankincense was very, very expensive. And it was really typically only used in the temple. And when they gave him, it was used for, as an incense. In the laver, in the altar, as, as, as an incense going up to heaven. It symbolized the prayer going up to heaven. And when they gave the frankincense, it suggested that they suggested, it suggested that they recognized Jesus was a deity. He was God. That this was their prayer. They were offering their incense to Jesus. That he was God. But here's the most beautiful one. They brought him myrrh, which is the most puzzling of them all. Because myrrh, you will find out if you read the book later on, Nicodemus showed up to the tomb with myrrh and a few other oils to anoint Jesus. Anoint his dead body. Myrrh was used to anoint dead bodies to cover up I guess their smell and a lot of other ritual things so by them bringing the myrrh they were saying they understood why he was here because the prophecy said the one who would take away the sins of the world and they knew Isaiah 53 that he would be punished for our iniquities and the the punishment of our peace would be upon him and he would be beaten and he would give his life so in these gifts they recognized him as king and they recognized him as God and they recognized him in his sacrifice that would save us all and so As I was thinking about what those things mean and how we can find Jesus, I wrote this down. This year for Christmas, make it your number one priority to bring Him these gifts. In fact, make it the focal point on Christmas morning with your family. And doing this will help you find the true reason 
for the season. Go out of your way like the wise men did to worship the king. This is how we'll make Christmas less about us and more about Jesus. Recognize him as the king. Honor him as God. And remember why he came. He deserves that from your heart. Every head bow and eye close in this moment. Lord, I've spoken your word just as you would have me, and I ask that it will flood the hearts of every person in this room. God, help us to tear away all the hustle and the bustle, tear away all the struggle, tear away all the chaos, tear down those walls, Lord, and help us to find the peace that you brought when you were born in that manger. Help us to find you again in this season. Help us to make it about you, Jesus. And forgive us for getting lost in all of it. This year, God, we present our gift to you. That we recognize you as king. We recognize you as God. And we recognize the price that you paid for us. And we worship you for that. Still every head bowed and eye closed. If, if you're in this room and you need to give your heart to him. If, if you need to make your heart right. I don't, I don't care if it's your first time or your hundredth time. If you need to make your heart right with Christ today. I just want you to lift your hand. And say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to acknowledge it right here in this room. Say, that's me. Just a few more seconds. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Don't hold back. Just acknowledge, Christ, I need you. Let's pray this together. Especially those who raise their hands. Father... Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of losing sight of who you are. I receive my forgiveness. And I thank you for loving me. I thank you for your mercy. Search my heart. Find anything there that doesn't belong. And lead me away from that into your everlasting life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me today, tomorrow, and forever for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.